Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, we're going to talk about accelerating cloud adoption while reducing complex and cost with special guest David Esposito from Ivan. David is a global solution architect from Ivan. Welcome, David, to the show. I listened to you on a, it was an Apex event or something like that, and you were like one of the first uh, people on there. I listened to that and I said, well worth my time. I have to have David on the show. So welcome, David. Great. Thank you very much for having me, Dan. We've talked a few times already and it's uh, been a great conversation. Really looking forward to today. So let's dive right in. Why why do you think I was like, I got to talk to this guy? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't know what to expect when I saw uh, the uh, Intel email domain coming into the inbox. Um, but I think it turned out into a really interesting conversation of uh, how we can work together. Um, there's uh, some benefits, I think, on both sides of what we can do to help each other out. So um, some of those were cloud adoption. Some of those are managed service. How do you do open source? Uh, databases or even event uh, event driven architecture. And I think uh, some of those topics came up on your side with customers, and that's what I do every day with solution yeah, architecture. It was really great listening to you because you 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 kind of just spilled the beans basically, because yep. a lot of people are oh cloud adoption right you just you just move things in and it works and you said time out. <laughs> Let's talk about reality. Let's what? So, give me some reality. Yeah, I should hear in your background as well. Uh, but I started. I uh, worked for a company out of uh, Silicon Valley. We're in the Bay Area. Um, we're actually our had a colo in Emeryville. Uh, so, semi self managed running servers, and you know, originally started with you know servers in the in the closet and accidentally unplugged them every once in a while. Uh, but went from there, and a couple different companies worked on AWS and GCP. Uh, and here at Ivan, uh, we have a multi-cloud, multi-region, multi-cloud solution. We deal with security networking stuff. Um, but I get to talk to a lot of companies about how they're moving to the cloud and the different challenges there. So uh, I think the presentation you're talking about is everything that I've learned about running in the cloud. Where, from my development experience, I introduced myself. Uh, I'm a application, uh, application developer previously and describe myself as a recovering over-engineerer or over-engineeringer. Um, so yeah, I've, I've learned a lot, uh, especially nuances of how to run in the cloud, how to scale, when it makes sense to start adopting different practices. Uh, so hopefully that's what you're talking about being interesting. Absolutely. Because yeah. so a, a lot of my customers and a lot of listeners are going through this right now. Yeah. They've been mandated, I gotta go to the mm -hmm. cloud, uh, yep. what's the right way to do it? Um, do I do it? I mean, there's a lot, yep. there's a lot going on. Yeah. So yeah, uh, those are interesting conversations of, especially with COVID and, you know, what drove the digital transfer, your company's digital transformation in 2020? Was it the CEO, CTO or COVID? It, all jokes aside, COVID. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. COVID. All jokes aside, everybody, a lot of people are moving to the cloud and it's interesting to see how large and small companies are doing it differently. Uh, smaller companies are moving to the cloud and adopting it as fast as possible and picking up new tools and best practices. But it seems like there's still a lot of lift and shift 
I'm doing stuff in the data center and maybe it is in multi-regions. I have uh, a Virginia and Montreal data center on the East Coast, and I want to lift and shift to those re regions in GCP or AWS. Uh, but during that move, you know, it's risk adverse. They're not picking up any of the benefits of the cloud. They're you know, moving to be digitally transformed, but then what's next? What are the next steps? Have, have, when you talk to them, what has been some of the drawbacks in that lift and shift for those small companies? Have there been any surprises? And have they, they told you of any of those surprises? Yeah, and we discussed a little bit, but cost, cost and scale. I think there's a lot of benefits to the cloud of flexibility and agility. You know, if you need a server, it's a click of a button and you're not submitting a uh, ticket to ops and waiting three weeks to get that. It's just click of a button and I got it. Uh, but then I forgot that it was running. And now a month later, you know, finance is asking me why I spent $10,000 on these servers that say test at the beginning of the tags. Uh, so there, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do and should do for uh, cost reduction. And some of those are uh, building alerts, spending alerts to remove instances that aren't being used. But then there's other things that you don't realize about the scale of the cloud, like networking. Egress from the AZ availability zone to availability zone is not that expensive, but can add up. I think usually it's one to two cents per gigabyte transferred between AZs. And that's what you would think of as a data center in a traditional sense. And then region to region is much more expensive. It's usually 13 to 15 percent or 13 to 15 cents per gigabyte. So if you're doing a couple gigabytes a month, not bad. If you're doing terabytes or petabytes per month, uh, that, that adds up. And we do have some customers with multi-region deployments that are doing petabytes per month. So it adds up. So I two two things I heard on on managing cost. One was watch out for zombie. VMs running out there, right? Yep. No one's doing yep. it, but it's still consuming. And yep. then watch your egress costs, because um, mm -hmm. that that can be that can be an issue as well. Yep. Yeah. That's always the missing line item in total cost of ownership, or when you do projections, cost projection. That's always the missing line item. So yep. yeah, that that's good to know, right? Because I think some people go on blind and they get the first month sticker shock. Yep. Um, and then it's like, oh, I've already done this. Uh, how do I move? I can't afford to move out. And yeah, so yep. they feel yeah. stuck. And yeah, and they'll get you, if you look at how the cost setup is for networking, ingress is free. You can put as much data in as you want, easy. Uh, but then getting the data back out, that's the expensive part. Yeah, we call so. it the Hotel California. Yep. You can check in, yep. but you can't check out. That's that's yeah. how it goes. Yep. In a uh, previous company I worked at, it was actually uh, one of the database implementations we used. We built up data over a couple of years and got to the point where uh, it was bloated and expensive to keep the data sitting around. We weren't using a lot of it. But then when you did the calculations for what would it cost to start deleting it, you pay for delete operations. So you just need to think about how much... I don't know, there, there's a lot of caveats of how much data you put in, what type of operation, the usage-based component uh, gets interesting. So there's there's a lot that goes into projections. Um, but one thing I don't know if we've talked about yet is um, 
when when you think about cost optimization in the cloud, a very important thing to think about for engineering leadership is at some point you'll you'll get to the place where compute is not that expensive. Managed service is not that expensive. The most expensive resource is between the computer and the chair, or sorry, between the keyboard and the chair. I think you want to get to that point where uh, infrastructure cost is balanced. It's okay. It could be improved, um, but it's stable. And then how do you optimize the efficiency of your developers? That's an interesting point, right? So, I mean, what, what do you mean by that? All right, I'm going to optimize the guy sitting in the chair. What yep. sorts of what sorts of things can I do to get the most out of that person? So they're not doing, uh, I, I guess, remedial um, and re re repetitive tasks. Is that what yep. you're saying? Yeah, and you think about a development or a sprint team, uh, they there's some fixed costs just based on uh, salary, benefits, uh, technology, whatever it is, uh, for the sprint team to deliver value. And they're working on microservices. When those services are deployed, there's say, a cluster of a hundred of them or a thousand of them. They're, that's a semi-fixed cost. Uh, but the the development team usually starts to be much more expensive because the lost opportunity cost of not being able to work on something else, it's a difficult deployment process or a difficult uh, maintenance or support process. So what tooling can you add in uh, to help optimize that? Developers tend to start being the most expensive cloud resource or secondary resource. Yeah, I, I really like what you said there because I think we sometimes forget that. And what you're saying is my sprint team is a fixed cost, but what they can produce and what they're working on is where your real value is. So you're missing some of that opportunity cost. I, I like that. Yep. And that one's a lot harder to measure. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's going to see if you had any input on that as well. Because you, you think about. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I used to be a productivity evangelist at Intel. Mm -hmm. And yeah. my job was they airdropped me into different teams to mm -hmm. learn from the teams and to help them tool. Um, auto, yep. automation processes. That was the key, right? If yep. something could be automated, we wanted to automate it, um, especially if it was done at high frequency, <laughs> right? So yep. um, yeah, automation is key. I mean, you really need good automation or mm -hmm. like what you, what you guys have offered, and I, I really love what you guys put together, a managed service. So I don't have to worry about, let's say, setting up my database to be highly redundant. I instead, I go and say, I need one of those. As a developer, yep. I'm like, sweet, I just need one of those. I don't have to set it up. I don't have to figure it out, mm -hmm. right? So I, yeah. I think automation and moving towards shared services is a good way to go. Yeah, and I think that's a, a journey in every company's life cycle of, you start as a small startup and everybody wears every hat and I'm both the CTO and lead developer and DBA. Uh, and, you know, that may be fine for just have a computer EC2 instance running Postgres or MySQL on it, and that scales so far. But at what point do you need to start worrying about data loss and backups and encrypted connections and patching OS updates or patching um, service updates? And there is a part, uh, some journey where you either decide you're going to invest and own the operations of everything, and you're going to hire a DevOps and Ops team, 
or you're going to start leveraging managed service providers. And I think that's the tipping point of when you decide how well does the cloud scale for you. Because if you bring all that expertise in-house, that's a lot of expertise to keep up and sourcing that. So are you gaining money from managing those yourself? Or would you be better off using those resources to build product features um, or uh, thought leadership? You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because what I actually tell people is very similar. I say, focus on your competitive advantage. Focus yep. on what you're good at. Um, most organizations should not be focusing on email servers. Yes. You, you're good at email servers? Are you selling that as a product? <laughs> I mean, is that your competitive advantage? Yep. Probably not, right? So focus on those competitive advantages that you have. If it's managing databases, great. If it's not, then go to a managed service, maybe. Yep. Yeah. And you have to do the total cost of ownership to see where and when it makes sense. But that's the exact example that we always use is uh, running Kafka or running MySQL. Could you switch that out for another database? And does it really matter what implementation you're using or what expertise you have in-house? If the answer is no, we do... Uh, I don't know, calendar insights, or we do IT automation, or we do uh, whatever it is, fintech, low latency stock training, trading. If you're not earning money from that particular service, it may be better to rely on a focused company that uh, invests in the improvement of that platform, uh, but then also the stability and performance. No, I, I like that a lot. I like that. Let's talk about complexity because so, you talk, yep. we talk, I think we beat cost up pretty good. Yep. Um, Let's talk about complexity. Yeah, in, you talked uh, a lot about uh, automation for development teams and product teams. Have you seen the XKCD uh, no. diagram of there's, uh, look up the one, I don't, I'll have to find the link and send it to you, but uh, there's a grid of um, how long it takes to do a task and how often you do that task. And it tells you uh, a grid of how much time you should spend automating it so if you do oh, something that takes that. an hour, but you do it every day, you should spend a long time automating that. And uh, But just wanted to touch on from the automation portion of things, uh, one of the complexities of the cloud is reliable and repeatable deployments. And that needs to be however you decide to do it, infrastructure as code, uh, CICD build pipelines. But in some way, uh, you need to be able to recreate your environment. Okay, I want, I want to stop there for a second because I want to make sure everyone understands. I should not be going to the website and clicking, right? I mean, because yeah, that's dude. what people do. So what you're talking about is having, having a way where I can say deploy my environment from this script or from this YAML file or Terraform, whatever, whatever people are using. But... It needs to be so I can spin it up and tear it down quickly is what you're saying. Yep. Yes. Yeah. In components of the environment in essentially the environment itself. Uh, there's a name for what you described. It's called click ops. Click ops. I love <laughs> go it. Through, yep, go, go through the UI and click to set everything up. And um, I think that it works well for POCs or startups that are moving quickly. But at some point, um, you may have seen my movie from the past of, oops, I deleted the production database from 2017 <laughs> or, or the sequel from 2019. Oops, I did it again. So, and, and if you think about setting up the servers, 
over, you set it up in over six months, how many times does an ops person SSH into the box and tweak a config or moves, you know, log files around or set up some cron task that does a thing? Uh, if, if that happens frequently, really those servers should be marked as dirty and should be killed and recreated in a clean state. Uh, and you have to be able to do that reliably because, oops, I deleted the database. Now what? You you have to stand it back up in a stable uh, a stable sense. It happens. There's always downtime in the cloud, uh, whether it's a Google networking engineer or it's a senior engineer that thinks you know the configs were cut over, but they weren't. So uh, how do you reliably re uh, redeploy or reproduce your environments or even just components of it? No, I, I really, I really like that because that also can help prevent against ransomware attacks, right? Mm -hmm. Someone's yep. taken over my server. Okay, I'll just shut it down. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, hopefully yeah. they haven't gotten my data yet, right? Um, yep. Because protecting data with ransomware attack—that's another story, which yeah. we can talk about. Right? Yep. But I, mm -hmm. I really like this. I should be able to. Um, also change regions pretty quickly too. Uh, example, yep. it just happened again. AWS had an outage yesterday. Oh, yesterday again? I think so, Very yeah. Good. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, um, and it wasn't a full outage. It was a yep. brownout, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We love those terms here in California. It's... We have brownouts all the time. Yep. Um, <laughs> and those people that have this automation could quickly spin up in a new region and continue to work. Yep. Right. So yeah, it, it it's going to depend on maturity. Uh, but if if data is deleted, you need to have an answer for what next. Can you start fresh without any data? If the answer is yes, fine. You don't have to worry about it. But if you need to recover with any any sense of acceptable data loss, you need to have a plan in place. If you need uh, higher uptime requirements, you need to have a plan in place of this region goes out, how do you move? And you have you really have to decide as a company, does it make sense to invest in that? Yeah, well, so, yeah, I mean, yep. that's that's a big deal, especially if it's your high season, right? Let's right. say I'm yeah. retail. E-commerce. E-commerce, oh, yeah. right? I mean, we all know, my wife has an e-commerce business. We mm -hmm. all know what happened last Thanksgiving time, major outage. And we, I was like, what's going on with our sales on my wife's eat? Because November, that, that's when we really rake in the money, right? This is 80% yep. of our revenue for the year. And we got nothing for like 24 hours. I'm like, what is going on? Major outage in the cloud service providers, right? Yeah. And we were, we were flat-footed. We weren't ready for it. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, it, it's a big problem. Yeah. And uh, it's going to change and depend on the industry. Uh, we, my previous company, we did IT automation. Uh, so when you think about automating onboarding and offboarding of employees, there may be 24 checkboxes that you have to do, and it's a pain to do it manually, and there's error prone. So let's automate that. But at the end of the day, if Amazon or GCP goes down, the rest of the internet is down too, essentially. So does it really matter that you can't offboard this person on a Wednesday morning? 
Maybe, maybe not. Probably uh, not. So you really have to weigh, yeah, weigh how much you're investing in the recovery time. Thanks, David, for the insight. We're going to carry on this conversation on our next episode where we talk about the complexity of cloud migration. Thank you for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at embracingdigital.org. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.